Welcome back, Smart First Responder community, to a mini-series created during the Phase 4 of the first challenge hosted at the Muscatatuck Urban Training Center. The first competition focus is to produce marketable prototypes that demonstrate indoor localization tracking and tracking of first responders within one meter accuracy without any pre-deployed infrastructure. In this mini-series, you will hear from many of the entrepreneurs, first responders, and team members involved that address the challenges and opportunities of Z-axis tracking from multiple perspectives around scalability, usability, affordability, and more. This challenge is administered by the Indiana University Crisis Technologies Innovation Lab and funded by the NIST Public Safety Communications Research PSCR Division. Enjoy this deep dive into Z-axis tracking, keep innovating, and let us know what you think. We are here live, day three officially of the first challenge at the Muscatatuck Training Facility with Sterling Folding from Mountain View Fire Rescue. Sterling, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. So for those of us that aren't here in Muscatatuck, it's, it's March 29th, I believe. Paint a picture of what's been going on here the last few days. So this is a more advanced trial of the technology of the indoor tracking technology that's going on. And they're putting the teams through some paces here, some different types of construction, different building types, different environments to try to get the test this technology to see if it's going to hold up in an environment for first responders or not. So. And from your perspective, being in the fire service, what does this technology mean to you? I mean, I've heard a lot about this being the holy grail and this is almost impossible task. And it just kind of why, what is the opportunity of this technology and why is it important? Sure. I think there's a couple aspects of the technology that are going to really bring some usefulness into the fire service. And one is firefighter tracking. Being able to know where someone is indoors without the use of other infrastructure is really important. It's something that we all struggle with today. You kind of rely on self-reliance or crew reliance to know that you're in a certain corner of the building and you can radio that back out to someone. Well, if, I can, if I'm confident that I can track my firefighters within a hazardous environment without them having to be able to radio back to me, it gives uh, the incident commander assurance and kind of lets us rest a little easier that we know where everybody is. But it also brings an aspect of situational awareness to us too. Is everybody grouped in one side of the building? Is everybody grouped in one room? Are we evenly spread out amongst floors? So you kind of get a better operational picture of what's going on on the incident. And then that lends to better decision-making down the road too. Are there people that are closer to tasks to get done than me just kind of blindly saying, well, I, th I think they're on the second floor, let's assign them. And they're really on the third floor. They'd moved and they didn't know, right? Or got lost in radio traffic or... A lot of those things can happen, especially on a kind of first moments of a, of a scene where things are chaotic and people are going to work quickly and doing good work and, and getting the job done. But it's easy to kind of lose track of if people have moved in the environment without being able to either radio back out or not really realizing they have. So. And you, you spoke to kind of that chaos at the beginning. And we, we talk a lot about cognitive load where if you're a first responder getting on scene, we're all humans and our brains can only process so much information. I know uh, AI is, is coming on the scene, but still our brains are amazing, but we can still only handle so much. And from your perspective, how does this tech need to be integrated in a way where it's it's not distracting to where it's actually, it's just, just working? I mean, what are some design considerations or things or features that are really important in order for firefighters, law enforcement, EMS teams to actually use this stuff and where it's not going to be a distraction, but hopefully also be a force multiplier. Yeah. 
I think the first thing it has to be what I'll call baked in. It can't be something that I have to remember to throw on, put on, strap on, whatever that is when I'm arriving on scene, right? Like it really needs to be something that's either integral to something I already put on already, or it's something that I'm in the habit of wearing all the time, not just when I'm arriving on a scene. I think that's important. And then just the ease and adaptability and integration with whatever else we have. So it's hard to be on scene and have to be looking at my mobile data terminal from dispatch and then another tablet for incident command and another thing for SCBA levels, right? Like it it all kind of has to be able to blend together at some point and then be kind of customizable on the fly. Can I turn some certain things off because it's just an overload right now and I'll turn them back on later. So those are some design considerations. I think it's got to be kind of seamless for the first responder getting on and off the apparatus. It can't be an extra step to take. And then for the incident commander on scene, it's got to integrate with whatever else they've got going on right there. And then one of the challenges we see here is is we're talking a lot about metro fire departments, whether it's Denver or New York, but then we're also looking at some smaller departments here. We got uh, Columbus, Indiana, or my family's from a town in Wisconsin, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, like these small volunteer type file departments or, or mix. How, and speak to kind of the, the need to be able to have technology that's applicable to small, medium, large, full-time volunteer. How does that tie into it? And what would you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we were just having that conversation this morning, actually. It is, it's this kind of almost needs to be able to scale to the technology does because you're going to have the the rural department that's a volunteer department that the budget's not there and it's not their full-time job to learn it and so it needs to be easy to use quick to adapt to, to adapt into the organization and then the price point has to be somewhere where it's also affordable this is a very important piece we think but it also can't cost thousands and thousands of dollars or won't be marketable so all those things have got to come together the right thing and then you have to be able to scale that for a larger department that already leverages technology, already has the budgets to support a lot of this innovation and technological advances. I think it's a real challenge for these companies to be able to come up with a product that you can implement on on a super end, a super basic end, all the way up a, a larger place. So as you've been, and maybe you can't speak to them specifically, but as you've been seeing and observing some of these different technologies in the field, anything kind of catch your eye and excite you being like, wow, like that that makes sense, or this, this type of feature really seems like it could be deployed or kind of any sort of trend or particular way about the interest you? Well, I mean, I think from every team, I've been able to see every team in action this far, and I think there's pieces and parts of every team that's really like, oh, that's a that's a great idea. The simplistic parts is what I really am drawn to, though, normally like, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I can just have that in my pocket or, or I can just have that already strapped to my gear some way, shape or form. Those really kind of draw my eye to them because it's not that extra step where I have to remember to plug this in or take this or add that to my helmet or something like that. So I think that's key um, in having it. And then the ability just to operate without the infrastructure is a big deal because there are other remote places that don't have a lot of wireless connections or cell phone connections or in times of disaster, we've experienced where that's just not it's not present right now. So. And just when, when looking at this tech, we need both the industry side and we also need adoption from the first responder side. We'd love your sort of his general thoughts on what would you say to entrepreneurs that are looking to innovate in this space and bring technology? And it doesn't necessarily have to be for Z-axis, it could be for first responder in general. And then we'd love your thoughts as well to what would you say to first responders that what kind of role should first responders play with um, giving feedback or being part of this innovation design process? Yeah, so I'll start with the firefighter side first. I think that anytime we're given the opportunity to give feedback on a new technology, we should absolutely jump at it because that's technology that is coming. And part of our job as firefighters is to make it better 
and leave it better than for the next person coming in than how we came in. So we should be able to jump at the opportunity to give that feedback and, and what you like and what doesn't like and what's not going to work for you in your situation because the fire service across America is you know, kind of unique across different regions. And so to have a manufacturer be able to reach out to you and ask what's important to you, people should take advantage of it. And it's easy to say like, eh, I'm not really interested in getting involved in that. But I think it's part of us leaving a better legacy for the firefighters behind us. And then innovators or, you know, the industry side coming in is it can be easy to get discouraged working with firefighters, I think, sometimes because we can be demanding and we beat stuff up and we're rough on everything and trying to meet all the challenges. And then, like we've talked about, just the varied levels across the fire service in America. I would imagine that can get fairly frustrating for an innovator to try to meet each need of the market. But what I tell them is, is don't give up. It's important work that you're doing. And as you work through those, you'll start to realize that there are a lot of common things and common threads that you can really build to. And then, yeah, at the end, if you need to tweak it here or make it adjustable in this, in this sense for them or not for them, those are the things that tackle last for me, I think, is not to get frustrated and discouraged right off the get-go. Realize you're working for a good cause and that there are a lot of commonalities in the fire service that you can build towards. Thanks for sharing all that. And this is sort of a maybe going backwards on the question, but just sort of in general about the importance of this. But what's... Um, What's something that, kind of another two-phase question, of what's something that you're most excited about, but then also on the flip side, what's something that keeps you up at night and kind of, uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. There's a lot of things that keep me up at night, but things I'm most excited about are the new generation coming in. When I talk to them, they're in it for the right reason. They're in it because they want to help people and do good and be part of something that does a, that contributes back to their communities. And I think that's, that's exciting to see that that common thread is being held to me because you can see a lot of industries have shifted maybe not from not from that right it's it's more about the paycheck at the end of the day or, or I'll put up with this for those kinds of things and, and the fire service really still holds true to that giving back to the community in and helping each other out and that that still excites me that that's why people are here things that keep me up at night are <laughs> are a lot but firefighter safety is one thing that keeps me up at night and I think this challenge really is lending itself to Maybe me getting a couple more winks of shut-eye every night if I know that we're more easily tracked in a hazardous environment than just wandering around out there on our own. So those are kind of the two things I would speak well to. Well said, and I, I've said this a lot to talking with different first responders this, this trip and just in the past 10 years working in the industry, but it truly takes a, a remarkable selfless human to be able to run towards the disaster while instinctually humans think to run away. So just thank you for your service and everything thank that you, you do much. and everyone else. Um, and truly you you guys are the, the definition of heroes. So I appreciate you and look forward to seeing where this competition goes and, and staying in touch. All right, sounds great. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank All you. Right. Thank you so much for listening to the Smart Firefighting Podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard and got any value, please drop us a rating, leave us a comment, or reach out to us on social media. Have a great day and together we can advance the future of smart firefighting.